I definitely think that the biggest misconception with space is that um, people think we're just sending money up into space and then we just kind of burn it up in the atmosphere. There's just really so much that comes from space, not only just the amount of technology that we gain, um, the science that we gain. So definitely my part will hopefully be something to do with contributing to any of the science, figuring out more about Mars and how Mars can actually help with a lot of the problems we have here on Earth. That was Alyssa Carson. Alyssa is only 19, but she long ago was determined to become the first person to set foot on Mars. In pursuit of that goal, she has spent years in preparation, becoming famous as an aspiring astronaut. I'm Milan Verveer, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Alyssa Carson's desire to explore Mars has propelled her to many firsts. Among them, she's the first person to attend all three NASA space camps in the world, all of which makes her the perfect person to talk to this week, because Thursday, February the 11th, is the International Day of Women and Girls in Science. Alyssa has partnered with Olay on a campaign to get more girls and women into this crucial field. The campaign is called Hashtag Face the STEM Gap. Olay is committed to doubling the number of women in STEM roles by 2030. It's part of PNG's Lead with Love campaign in which the company is doing 2021 acts of good for 2021. Listen and learn why Alyssa Carson is one of Seneca's 100 women to hear. I'm here speaking with Alyssa Carson, and it's so wonderful to be able to have this conversation because, Alyssa, you're 19, and I understand you're the youngest astronaut trainee. Tell us what that means. Yeah, pretty much ever since I was a little girl, I was always interested in space and the idea of being an astronaut one day. Um, So pretty much what I'm doing now is basically building a resume to eventually apply to the astronaut selection process. So right now, kind of in college, I have to get at least a master's degree, um, but basically not only just doing what's required, but also gaining any other unique things to put on my resume, whether that's different trainings or um, classes or anything like that, that can be a benefit to eventually, hopefully help my chances in terms of getting selected as an astronaut in the future. Well, it sure sounds like you have great aspirations and you're doing everything you can to fulfill them. Can you give us a sense of uh, some of those kinds of things that you're doing now to build your resume? Yeah, of course. So um, for the most part, kind of like the biggest thing that I've done so far are kind of like different trainings. And all of that has been through um, Project Possum. And Project Possum is basically a citizen science organization, which is pretty much a fancy way of just saying a bunch of everyday people that want to contribute to science and contribute to space in some way. So basically, whenever we have some free time, we all go and do some research. But it's all a bunch of like really amazing opportunities for me because it relates to space in a lot of different ways. So to give you an idea, for example, we've done microgravity flights. So actually being able to feel weightlessness, water survival training, G-force training, decompression training. Um, we also work a lot with spacesuits. So um, working with real spacesuits um, by Final Frontier Spacesuit Design. 
Um, and yeah, being able to wear the spacesuits, swim in the suits, um, different things like that. So it's a lot of really amazing experience for me because it's definitely some of the stuff that I could potentially be doing in the future, but it's all for research. So we're gaining a lot of knowledge off of everything that we're doing as well. So I understand that your goal is to travel to Mars, which is quite exciting to contemplate. But why do you want to go? Yeah, so the ultimate goal would, of course, be Mars. And really, I was kind of always fascinated with Mars when I was younger. Um, and no, not really for any particular reason. It was really just like the first planet I started learning more about. Um, but really kind of in the time frame of things as to like when I would be out of university, ready to start applying as an astronaut and things like that. It would just kind of be around the time that we're looking at going to Mars. So it just kind of lines up. Um, so if I were to be selected and all, I would kind of be right there in that time frame for a mission to Mars. Um, and then in terms of like additional training that's more specific for Mars, a lot of that will come, I guess, later on. So basically, once you are selected as a potential astronaut, um, so you're actually an astronaut candidate, and you go through some basic astronaut training. Um, and then after that, you're actually selected for a mission. So you get picked for a designated mission, and you do training for that mission. So all of that is kind of more um, in the future, but right now more of just like my trainings, I guess, are more vague just because it's kind of gaining a range of experiences um, to be able to make my resume look a little bit more unique. So that's why I kind of add some other stuff like getting my pilot's license as well as all the other stuff that I'm doing. Now, you had said that you were interested in space from as long as you can remember, but where did this fascination come from? My dad remembers me coming and asking a bunch of questions about space and about Mars. You know, have humans ever been to Mars before? You know, is space real? You know, I didn't really know anything at the time. And no one in my family really had any sort of space or science background. But my dad told me a little bit about the missions to the moon just from, you know, watching them. And so he told me a little bit about that and what was going through, what was going on with the program and stuff, um, and just basically told me that one day it's possible we could go to Mars. And so um, that kind of piqued my interest. And really our only guess as to what would have even sparked those questions um, is actually a cartoon, an episode of The Backyardigans, which was a cartoon I used to watch as a kid, but they had a Mission to Mars episode. And basically the show was just about some friends who go in their backyard and they go on imaginary adventures to some crazy places to teach kids about whatever the place is. And so they had one that went to Mars and... Don't know for sure, but that's really just our best guess as to where I would have even heard the word Mars. So yeah, that's really our best guess as to what started it all. So interesting, both your father uh, in some ways and then a cartoon. It never fails that there are varying kinds of inspirations in life. Now, you've talked about this rather difficult course that you're on. Obviously, you still have a ways to go, but you've been doing an awful lot as a trainee. And I just wonder if, if there were any particular obstacles in your way that you've already had to surmount. Yeah, I would definitely say just kind of in general, um, just kind of based on my age was kind of a huge factor in trying to prove myself and prove that I was able to keep up with everything. So kind of give an idea. Um, when I joined Project Possum, I joined when I was 15, which is the research organization. And so I was 15 at the time, but everyone else in the organization was pretty much, you know, adults, 30s, 40s, working in their own respective careers and just kind of doing this in their free time. So I I was way younger than most of them. There were maybe a few college students who were in the program at the time, but still they were 22 and I was still 15. So there was still kind of that gap. 
Um, so I was definitely trying to just prove that I was able to keep up with them and able to do all of the complex trainings or even some of the classes as well as them. Um, so that was probably a huge challenge as well as just trying to balance everything has definitely been challenging in terms of wanting to do stuff towards my dream, but also, you know, continue through school, um, keep up with everything, make sure everything's going well. Um, and then also kind of within the realm of everything in terms of girls within uh, STEM careers, you know, um, girls definitely don't make up a huge portion of STEM careers. And so I've definitely, you know, just try to find my pack of other women in STEM to kind of hang around. And I noticed that relatively early on by going to space camp, um, there were a fair amount of girls at space camp, but still not nearly as many as boys. Um, so I saw that pretty early on and have kind of just continued to stick with, um, fellow women in the path and the career just to have that support going through all of this. Um, and so that's why it's really amazing to kind of continue and hear really amazing companies like Olay wanting to kind of help and reach out and help encourage other girls to get involved in STEM careers in general. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned STEM and it's perfectly understandable as you were talking about uh, what you've had to surmount already, that keeping up with others who are perhaps a little older, more experienced and balancing all of the things in your your life. Uh, and then I love the mentioning of STEM because, you know, there's really quite enormous concern today that enough girls aren't being nurtured in math and science. They're certainly more than capable, but something happens. And along the way, that interest, if it was there, seems to uh, drop off. So tell me about what you think we can do to unlock that gap that exists today to close it, to make sure that uh, we really are having more girls doing what you're doing, not necessarily just being trainees or going into space, but in other areas of math and science. Yeah, totally. You know, I definitely think that, you know, when we um, interact a lot with young girls, there's a lot of stuff that we just do that we don't necessarily think about, which can really make a pretty big impact on um, what they may be interested in one day or what they choose to do. And so it's kind of being just more aware, I would think, um, of what we're saying, what we're doing. You know, a good example that I like to use is, let's say a little girl broke her bike. And, you know, as a parent, what are you going to do in that situation? You know, are you, is, are you going to call dad to come fix it? Is, um, are you going to show her how to fix it? Are you just going to fix it for her? Or are you going to call the brother, maybe show him how to fix it, but not her? And so a lot of those little moments, um, definitely can make a difference. You know, possibly it could be a really dumb lesson that maybe she never uses ever again. But at the same time, it can also be an experience where maybe she starts getting into mechanics and how things work. And maybe she starts becoming more curious about that. And so I definitely think it's all about encouraging girls to um, kind of just be open to some of these things and just kind of see how we're treating um, different kinds of little situations, because some of those may have a big impact. And then at the same time, I think kind of just with kids in general, I do think that we encourage kids to go into a lot of the same jobs over and over, whether it is, um, let's say, doctor, teacher, lawyer, um, whereas we can really broaden our horizons as to all the kind of cool and amazing jobs that kids can go into within STEM and uh, space and any sort of other career um, and how they can actually mix their interests. Oh, those are wonderful examples. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break.
I wonder, have you ever seen any of your fellow classmates, girls, or other in other areas in which you interact with your peers? Have you seen them discouraged uh, in embracing math and science or talked out of it or uh, in some way feeling like they just don't belong in this space? Yeah, you know, I definitely think, you know, a lot of girls just, we all have, you know, our interests and growing up, you know, it's definitely tricky because we aren't necessarily forced to decide what we want to do when we're young. And that's totally fine. So it's totally open to kind of bounce around. And, you know, I definitely think that um, when we're young, we're constantly changing our minds. And so that's why it's kind of most important to kind of be open to all those different ideas when we're young. Um, but yeah, kind of throughout the different, um, you know, experiences I've had speaking to girls and encouraging girls, um, it's been really amazing to kind of have opportunities, whether it's talking to a middle school group of girls and really telling them, you know, some of the exciting stuff they can get involved in and having them afterward being excited to say, you know, oh, maybe I want to do that one day. Oh, that sounds really awesome. And so I think, yeah, not only is it um, just kind of keeping them from being discouraged, but really just letting them know about all the opportunities that are out there. And so that's why um, a lot of like Olay's mission in terms of getting more uh, girls into STEM, it's really exciting to see more exposure going out there. So maybe girls can have more of an understanding of what opportunities they really have, because in the coming years, there's definitely going to be a lot of STEM jobs that we don't even know of yet. And um, young kids now definitely have the opportunity to go into those one day. Well, I know you've uh, partnered with Olay. You mentioned Olay, um, and you've partnered on a campaign uh, to get more girls and women into STEM. Can you tell us about that? Because that sounds like something that's really important to do these days. Yeah, totally. So basically, um, the whole idea with Olay is that they definitely believe that when girls see it, they can dream it. And so it's really trying to increase the number of girls' exposures to what is possible out there, what kind of jobs they can go into. Um, but they basically, LA has created pretty much a 10-year goal um, to basically reach more gender equality by uh, 2030. So basically wanting to double the number of women in different STEM careers. And so it's been really awesome to kind of partner with them and try to face the STEM gap um, and kind of go on that campaign with them. Um, just because Olay has such an amazing platform with not only a bunch of amazing women, but also um, young girls as well. So they have that platform to really tell girls about all the amazing things that they can do and the amount of amazing STEM jobs that they can do. Um, and, you know, something I like to tell girls all the time is that, you know, you don't even have to like math and science to go into a STEM job. Um, you know, something that's really funny about the space industry is that it takes tens of thousands of people to send one person into space. And that also includes, um, you know, dealing with psychology, dealing with journalism, dealing with um, the people who have to figure out how to package food that goes to space, people who design spacesuits. Maybe you're into fashion and maybe you just kind of like space a little bit. So maybe you just want to design spacesuits. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there. So I'm um, really just kind of letting girls know all the opportunities that they're able to go into. Well, it sounds like you're a great teacher, inspirer, counselor. It's terrific that you're involved in this campaign. And I know Olay has been a real leader on girls and women in science. I understand, too, that there's even a limited edition jar of Olay Regenerist uh, that has been inspired by you. Can you really tell us about that? Yeah, totally. So there is going to be a limited edition um, Face the Stem Gap jar of Regenerist Microsculpting Cream. And that is kind of all to kind of serve around the whole um, idea of the Face the Stem Gap campaign that Olay 
Um, it's kind of going around. So basically, it's basically a fun way to talk about skincare and um, their microscoping cream. So basically, the jar has um, like a space design on it to kind of encourage people to maybe think about space even um, in kind of those random times that maybe you're doing your moisturizer or anything like that. Um, so it's really just kind of a fun way to incorporate more STEM and space um, into someone's like everyday routine. That is so interesting and very innovative, I might add. Good for you to have inspired that. That's really terrific. So here we are talking about everything you're doing uh, to reach your goal one day. What do you hope to contribute to the world of science and technology? Have you dreamed that far? Yeah, you know, definitely kind of when talking, you know, we talk a lot about like the dream of wanting to go to Mars and um, do all of that. But really for me, especially as I've gotten older and learned so much more about the benefits of space, I've definitely kind of reached a point where I really just want to contribute to the space industry in any way that I can. Um, learning so much about space, I've been able to also learn a lot about the benefits of space and what it brings, you know, I definitely think that the biggest misconception with space is that um, people think we're just sending money up into space and then we just kind of burn it up in the atmosphere. Um, but yeah, there's really so much that comes from space, not only just the amount of technology that we gain, um, the science that we gain, um, and any other like big ideas or concepts that we come up with while we're trying to do some pretty crazy stuff up in space. So I think learning about those benefits, I really just want to be a part of it in any way that I can. Um, so with my field um, that I'm planning on going into, which is astrobiology, that's really just kind of science and space in general. So definitely my part will hopefully be something to do with contributing to any of the science, figuring out more about Mars, hopefully helping by figuring out what we can do with Mars, um, something along those lines, something that can actually be of benefit and how Mars can actually help with a lot of the problems we have here on Earth. I love your sense of purpose, Alyssa. It's really contagious. Let me just ask you, as we conclude this conversation, what gives you hope for the future? You've got so many wonderful aspirations, and we want them all to come true, obviously, for you. Uh, so what makes you optimistic and hopeful as you think about your future and the future of uh, young people your age? Yeah, you know, I think specifically for hope in terms of like my future, I definitely um, I definitely am kind of the kind of person that celebrates any sort of little moment. So even getting through uh, one semester of college is something to celebrate or um, every semester after that. Um, and so I think that just having those moments of celebration is really important. And then at the same time, the awesome thing about wanting to be an astronaut is that you always have a backup plan. Um, so to actually apply as an astronaut, you have to already have a job in some sort of science or STEM career. And so if you don't get selected, then you go back to your job that you were already doing. Um, so that is kind of reassuring as well that you kind of always have that backup plan. Um, but I think really in hopes for the future, just kind of in general, um, you know, I definitely think that we are on the verge of having so much happening in space and STEM in general. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of job opportunities out there. Um, not only do we have NASA doing all the amazing work that they're doing in terms of going back to the moon and going to Mars, but we also have so many more commercial companies. We have the idea of space tourism, um, SpaceX doing their stuff, Blue Origin doing their stuff. There's a lot of companies and a lot of involvement going on right now in terms of STEM and, uh, and space. And so, I definitely hope that, um, you know, the next generation of kids are able to kind of go into their 
fun, wacky jobs and they're able to kind of go after whatever their own dreams may be because we're at the point where some of the weird jobs that you may not have thought of are could actually be a reality. You know, maybe you're a pilot for space tourism. Who knows? Um, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up in the future. So I really hope that kids are able to kind of live their wildest dreams by having so much of these cool opportunities coming up. Well, Alyssa, you are truly an inspiration. And I must say for a young woman, you are already very, very wise. And that was clear in so many of the responses uh, that you made as I was trying to get a better sense of who you are and what you hope to do. I just want to thank you for being the great advocate you are for girls and women in in space, uh, in STEM especially, uh, in all the areas uh, that STEM represents, because it says so much about our collective future as well. So for your advocacy, for the passion that you exhibited as we were talking here, for your enthusiasm and your commitment, and really for the perseverance that you are exhibiting every day as you work towards achieving your goal. So we need you, we thank you, and and thank you especially for being such a, an enthusiastic, informed advocate for STEM. Thanks so much, Alyssa, and all the best to you. Thank you so much. The future is certainly looking bright with visionaries like Alyssa Carson charting a path. Here are three things I took away from that conversation. First, Alyssa has never let her age or her sex discourage her from pursuing her goals. She's grown used to being the youngest wherever she goes. And at space camp, when she saw that women were in the minority, it only reinforced for her that women need to support each other in science and tech. Second, Alyssa reminds us how vital it is to give girls the same training and opportunities as boys get. She gives us this example. When a girl's bike breaks, do we tell her someone else will fix it? Or do we show her how to fix it herself? Sparking confidence, confidence, and maybe even an interest in mechanics. Finally, Alyssa knows that space exploration is about more than flight to another planet. It's about fostering big ideas and innovation and building a path to a better world. Now, if you want to see more Alyssa Carson's in the world, check out Olay's hashtag FaceTheStemGap campaign. Here are some specific things you can do. Watch Jeopardy and do it with a girl. All week, Olay's in-house scientists and brand ambassadors will deliver clues. They're amazing role models. Also, you can try out to be a Jeopardy contestant yourself and urge a woman friend to do so by taking the online Jeopardy test sponsored by Olay. Tune in next Thursday to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 women to hear. If you'd like to join the Seneca Women Network, go to SenecaWomen.com. There you'll get access to exclusive events and workshops, plus updates on new podcasts and other opportunities to get involved. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Have a great day.